The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Saturday, April 29th, currently 1136 on the East Coast. Here to recap what we saw in the NBA playoffs last night on Friday. We'll also discuss the series preview between the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. And also touch on game one between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets here tonight on Saturday. But joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast. Of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast is Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Uh, overall, can't complain. Uh, definitely an interesting two games uh, that we saw yesterday. Not in terms of point margin at the end, but just based on outcomes, I guess. Maybe the Lakers winning wasn't that big of a surprise to uh, some, uh, but looking at the Warriors game, I'm shocked they got blown out at home. I thought the Warriors would win the game. I picked Sacramento to cover. Uh, my lock for the show was Looney over 12 and a half rebounds, so that got there, so I can't really complain too much, but I'm shocked Golden State got run out that badly. I figured after Sacramento had and had blown home court advantage, they might have uh, struggled to mentally re-engage uh, for game six. That was not the case. Golden State, I thought, looked like a pretty old team throughout the entire uh, game six. It looked like that Sacramento was just faster, and Golden State looked exhausted for the entire game. Now, nobody on either side could hit a shot for a decent portion of it, so that kind of cancels out. But you're looking at what Golden State did right yesterday – what did they do right besides Curry having a decent spurt there in the start of the fourth quarter? But they were down double digits for most of the second half, or they were down by like six plus for most of the second half. It felt like Golden State really just didn't have enough energy to get stops in the defensive end or even just to cut into the lead. Sacramento had an answer for every single problem that they faced. Yeah, I think that was the case last night. We'll dive into it here in a minute. But also joining us here to help us break it all down, it's playoff Lante. Delante, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. Uh was a decent stretch uh, of games last night, I guess, until the Lakers. The Lakers game was horrible, but it was yeah. in the first great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I was gonna about. say if you enjoyed watching Memphis get run out, it was a good time, but the game was oh, yeah, over of course. in the first yeah, five. As a Lakers fan, I enjoyed it. Um, the first part of the game, it felt like Memphis was going to get back in it. Um, but the Lakers couldn't hit a shot. I think they both were combined midway through the second quarter, uh, 7 of 25 from three, yeah. uh, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So nobody could hit a three. And Memphis went to that zone, and I thought that it was somewhat effective, but then they, they went away from it after they cut the lead down to maybe, like I think it was from 15 to 7 or 8, and then they went away from it, and you know, uh, the lead got back up. But, yeah, man, uh, I enjoyed seeing the Kings uh, win last night as well. I know we'll dive deep into that uh, in a few. But, yeah, man, uh, looking forward to breaking down today's card and the Miami and uh, New York series also. Yeah, so last night, I mean, we already touched on some of it, but uh, Lakers close it out in uh, convincing fashion, in blowout fashion. Dylan Brooks um, didn't get an individual 40-point performance put on him, but his team lost by 40 points last night uh, (laughs) in an elimination game. But I think it was from the tip that 
in the first two minutes, Memphis looked pretty okay. But after that, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, the defense, D'Lo had a great first quarter uh, for the um, L.A. Lakers. And overall, had a, a huge game for them to close it out. So, um, I know Anthony Davis said that he was ready to play all 48 minutes. He only needed to play three quarters. Uh, and I think that's huge for them, uh, for the Lakers. So, they take care of business. Uh, Memphis, I... I, I I had picked the Lakers to win this series. I just don't think they're a very good basketball team in the playoffs. They're a great regular season team. We saw they were dominant on the floor, on their home floor. Uh, But there's still a lot lot of roster construction that needs to be done about this team. But we'll talk about that in the offseason. But um, I think the bigger conversation is for the Warriors. So quickly to wrap up the Lakers. um, Blonte, any other thoughts from the Lakers series last, uh, last night or overall as we move forward? Yeah, no, they're just gonna have to. Um, I mean, obviously, D'Lo was a spark, but we know with his he's inconsistent, so he's not gonna play like that every game or even come close to it. He has a little bit of stretches where he looks like a top three pick. Was he top three, third? D'Lo, I think, was wasn't he? Yeah, so yeah, he has moments where he plays like a top pick, but other than that, um, inconsistency. I thought that they did a real good job defensively, um, Mm -hmm. on the wing. So if they can keep that up, they're definitely going to need that perimeter defense in the next round, no matter who the opponent is. Yeah. Um, specifically, if it's Golden State, they'll definitely need it. But I thought they were just locked in from the from the jump as far as defense goes. The offense, it, it wasn't there. They just ran off, ran in transition, and were able to get out and run off misses. So I think they got to clean up some of their offensive sets in the half court and uh, get better offensively. Ham's got to do something with the lineups. Like this Gabriel uh, Brown minutes. Not a fan of, but yeah, I didn't forward. play much last night, did he? Yeah, he didn't, but the Gabriel did. So I'm kind of confused as to why, like Beasley wasn't in. And well, I mean, Gabriel I, also played in garbage time. Yeah, it was so all garbage really, time too. Like, yeah. but he was, I think he like was, by in a three, like midway through the third, like we kind of had a feeling that LeBron and AD weren't going to yeah. play in that fourth quarter. So I think that's why he really got out there. But other than that, I mean, kind of going forward, I don't think that he'll really be in that rotation, whether it's the Kings or whether it's the Warriors. Yeah, but other than that, man, um, I thought it was a good performance by the Lakers to close out, get an extra day of rest. Um, That's huge. So yeah, it's it's big for them, especially for LeBron and AD to be more refreshed uh, on Sunday when they play Sunday, right? Not Sunday, uh, Monday. Um, it so Game Seven is uh, tomorrow. No, it would have to be like Kings. Tuesday. Tuesday, be Tuesday. Yeah. The Warriors and Kings have like Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's right. So if they would have, if uh, Warriors would have won, they would have played on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. they get an extra few days, man. That's that's huge. Uh, obviously, the travel is not going to be uh, crazy. No matter yeah. who the matchup is, they'll still be um, in California. California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's big for them. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them perform in the next series. Uh, not looking forward to see Darvin Ham uh, coach though. But yeah, I think for the Lakers, and we talked about this during the regular season that their supporting cast was not very good before they made those trades. And then you had a different guy step up every single game for them uh, where you didn't have to heavily rely on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I think there was one game where LeBron and AD combined, I think for like 62 or some odd points for like in a game. But we saw game one, it was Ruchi, Rui Achimura, Austin Reeves. Uh, there was different guys that stepped up every single night. Last night, it was d Low. It was the defense last night. So I think that's kind of a breath of fresh air if you're a Lakers fan then. And I think Darvin Ham, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's learning as well, you know, being this, being a head coach in his first playoff uh, series and in, in the first time in his career as a head coach. Um, and I think he also has guys like LeBron James that are there to also help him, right? I know LeBron, 
there's points where you know we go in timeouts and talk about some plays that they want to run. LeBron does have his input there, and it's not a bad thing, but I think that's only going to help Darvin Ham when you have a high player IQ like LeBron James. But uh, yeah, an impressive win last night for the Lakers. They move on. Um, and like you mentioned, Delonte, this is going to be a huge uh, advantage for the Lakers getting those extra days of rest. We have guys like Anthony Davis who are prone to getting hurt. LeBron, you know, he's up there in age and he was dealing with some, you know, knickknack injuries during the mm-hmm. regular season. And and I think it's just a confidence booster for them. So uh, I was impressed with the Lakers all throughout the series, especially in game six. Uh, Scott, takeaways from the Lakers and Memphis last night. Uh, my main takeaway, I thought the Lakers played the best defensive game I've seen probably all year from any team. Yes, I know some teams have scored less, but the Lakers were everywhere in that game. Memphis had like 20 points halfway through the second quarter, like 27 points halfway through the second. It was a bloodbath Mm -hmm. uh, from the start to finish. But the Lakers, I think when they are on and they're mentally engaged, I think they're the best defensive team in the league. It's mostly because of Anthony Davis. I just think Anthony Davis, when he is healthy or even healthy-ish, he's the best defensive player in the league. I don't think it's really close. I know people can argue Giannis if you want to, but I mean, from what I saw in the playoffs, whether it was because of Bud's scheme or not, I didn't think Giannis was that impactful defensively in that Heat series. Davis has been incredible. He had what, like four blocks in each game minimum? He had like uh, 26 I think there's just like one in six game. games. One he had like game three, he had three, in three game in the first but quarter. then everything else he had four. Yeah, but the point is the Lakers defensively, I just think, have a gear that most teams, if any teams in the league, just, you know. I think that they might stand alone in terms of a defensive gear that other teams don't have. So that bodes well for them Uh, when it comes to their potential second round matchup against the Warriors or the Kings. I think the Kings could give them issue with the tempo they play at, but I still don't think the Kings guard anybody. And if Sabonis is getting destroyed by Looney and by uh, Draymond, AD is going to kill Sabonis. Yeah. In that series, 80 yeah. is going to destroy him. Is just going to destroy him. As for Golden State, they look really old. Like I, that's the real problem I have with Golden State. I just feel like after a seven-game series, now you face off against a Lakers team that's extremely athletic, that's mm-hmm. extremely just lengthy, and I'm still not exactly sold by Golden State's defense. Yes, I know Looney. Looney as a rim protector is not great, but his positioning is okay. And you have Draymond who is undersized, but we know that that doesn't matter because he's so big that he's able to do his own thing. But the issue with Golden State, which we're going to talk about in a second from game six, I just thought they looked really old, and I thought that they had no depth. And Poole, we're going to once again have a conversation about Poole in a second because I feel like we have to. Nobody on Golden State really scares me besides, what, like, three guys maybe or maybe two and a half like you can argue Wiggins because he's been consistent he wasn't that great yesterday yeah but how many guys in Golden State actually scare you on a game-to-game basis two I just think it's probably Curry if Curry Thompson and Green are on the floor together I think obviously that's their best lineup I mean it that's one shame. And, and Draymond offensively, like yes, I know he had 20 points in game five, but still, you know, yeah, you're usually going to get like seven. It's usually Curry. Yeah, Curry, Curry's, uh, he strikes he takes fear a in my heart. Yeah, he, he yeah probably Curry's Curry. He's probably worth Clay, Clay's had a good playoffs, but still, every now and then, he might get a little bit heat check happy and he might take some bad shots. Wiggins has been fine, but I feel like that's where the Kings kind of, I don't know if you want to do the segueing now into game six yesterday, but <laughs> yeah, just watching it, the Kings had so many guys off the bench who can just give you quality minutes 
whether it involved Monk, who has been amazing in this series. Mm-hmm. Lyles gave them some minutes. I know Terrence Davis got into foul trouble immediately, but even he provided a little bit of a spark in terms of energy. Davion Mitchell didn't play much, but we have seen him play relatively well in games past. They just have guys. They can rotate and go 7-8 deep. You look at Golden State, I don't even know who they have. You're looking at their starting lineup. Draymond, I guess, in theory, is a bench guy because he comes in off the bench. Poole's been unplayable. DiVincenzo hasn't been that great. You haven't given Kaminga any minutes in this series. Mm-hmm. What does Golden State have unless Curry and Clay combine for... I don't even know, 58 points? Like, I don't know what they have. They don't have any good bench players they can actually rely on to give them 20 to 30 good minutes in a game-in, game-out basis. Yeah, I think for the Warriors, um, it's obvious. I think you, you were going to have to start playing Curry like 40-plus minutes if they do advance uh, and, against the And Clay and Draymond and probably yeah. Looney, honestly. Like, at this point, how do you look at your bench and go, yeah, we have to, like – Keep Looney on the bench. Like Looney might have to play forty minutes. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he can. Yeah, I, don't I don't know if he, he can, can either. He but just based on the, re- I gotta think of how Golden State can pull off a game seven in Sacramento. They have to limit Sabonis, dominate the boards, and they have to get hot from three. But you're looking at what Golden State's best lineup is in this series. It's Draymond and Looney together because Looney's been a madman on the glass, and I cashed the rebounds by a hook yesterday, but. You're just trying to think of what Golden State can do. I feel like the issue that they run into compared to previous years, the fact that in previous years, at least they had a bench. They had some guys who can give you some quality minutes, can stall a little bit while Curry and Clay got their legs back. This year, they really don't have it. The Kings are faster than them. They're deeper than them. And the pairing with a Fox finger injury is not as big of a deal because he had a double-double last night with 20-plus points. I think Golden State's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, all right. Before we get uh, Delonte's thoughts on 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 the uh, game six between Warriors and Kings, let me uh, first tell everyone about Shady Rays. One of these two teams are going to need some Shady Rays before they go to one, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> um, and our friends over Shady Rays, they've got them covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by loss and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. Today, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, Delante, give us your thoughts um, about the Warriors and the Kings last night. Uh, I thought it was a good game plan by Mike Brown. In the presser, he was talking about how he didn't want to go small, so they went a little bit smaller and put Trey Lyles at the five. And he was saying like he didn't want to do it at first because his assistants were kind of like egging him on, like this is what we need to do. And he didn't want to get killed by Looney on the boards, but then he came around and was like, we're going to get killed by Looney on the boards regardless, so we might as well go small and make it to our advantage on offense. So it worked a lot. 
uh, with Trey Lyles in the lineup. I can't remember his plus minus, but it was through the roof when he was on the floor. Um, I mean, ultimately, I think the Kings are a better team. When, if they win or lose game seven, I mean, they had more opportunities to win the six games prior than the Golden State Warriors did. Um, yeah. They blew they blew the one at home. Uh, the first, I think it was it game one they blew? Oh, no, game, no, game, uh, game three. I was going to say, game uh, one and game two were very close. Game three, uh, but Golden State ended up falling short. Golden State killed them in game three, then Barnes game missed four, a shot in game, game four. four. Game four was Harrison Barnes. Barnes. But you can three. argue that that shouldn't have even happened because Curry right. took a timeout they didn't have. Right. So, I mean, I just feel like that the Kings are a better team. Um, I mean, Scott, you ran through the litany of debt problems that they have. It's a matter of uh, counters. Like, Golden State doesn't have many guys that can actually trust on a game-in, game-out basis at this point. And the Kings... You mentioned Trey Lyles with his plus minus. We've seen Mitchell before. I mean, I mentioned the names a little while ago. How many people on Golden State do you think Coach Kerr actually trusts in a must-win game seven? Like four people, maybe? Uh, I'd probably trust his starting five if Draymond's in there. Like Curry, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, and Looney. Okay, so five. So pretty much your bench. How many do you think Mike Brown trusts? Like seven or eight? Oh no! Uh, yeah, well, I would go. Herder made probably, some shots. Herder finally came alive. Yeah, and that was I think the difference bit. last night was Kevin Herder finally coming alive. Yeah, I thought the so, difference was Keegan Murray, but that was yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been a difference the past three games. He's been he 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 heated up um, on the road in that game four, uh, and it's been carrying over through uh, the last few games. But yeah, all in all, it's the ultimate. I told you so. Series if Golden State wins is. Um, well, you know, the Kings are too young. They're not ready. And then if the Kings win, it's uh, Golden State's kind of old. They don't have a lot of, you know, uh, depth. They don't have a lot of answers after Steph and Clay. So, I mean, either way, people are going to sway their argument. I think it's more so like recency bias every game because you can go back and look at people talking about, like, okay, the series is Golden State's in trouble when they lost two. Then Sacramento's in trouble. They're too young. And then now it's just kind of – the same thing. Whatever people see last, obviously, recency bias plays a big part in um, in handicap. It's something we, you know, kind of can't do as betters uh, with the recency bias. So, I mean, I like the Kings. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get it done. I just think that Mike Brown is just doing a phenomenal job of coaching and with the rotations. The defense doesn't look like it's being like. It doesn't look better, but it is actually he's actually playing different things and giving Steph different looks. Steph was what, nine of twenty five last night. He hasn't had a very good shooting. Right. Series. So he's I mean, like these two games in a row. And even right. the stuff shots that he made, a lot of them were early fourth quarter down double digits. He really wasn't good for the first three quarters of this game. Right. So I feel like he's doing a good job on Steph. Now, Wiggins, obviously, the Draymond thing wasn't going to keep up uh, the 21 point game that he had. That wasn't happening again. Mm-hmm. So they just don't have the guys. I mean, Poole's been terrible. Uh, I mean, no surprise here that he's terrible, but. I think Moody is going to have to be inserted, and you're going to have to at least give him a shot because at least he is like competitive on a defensive end. Poole is so he's arguing every call, no matter what happens. He's arguing every call, running up and down the court, getting beat by whoever he's guarding. So yeah, man, I think the Kings are going to get it done, uh, regardless if they do. I think they're still the better team, um, but yeah, that's not just two cents for the Kings. And Warriors. I want I want to give a shout out quickly to Poole uh, for trying to stat pad his numbers in the final couple minutes and missing a dunk. <laughs> want to give him a shout out for that? I didn't even see that. Yeah, I think uh, that... Tried, it was like three minutes left. He tries to go to the rim and dunk it, and he missed the dunk. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Just Poole, get out of here. <laughs> but um, also last night, 
the Warriors' fourth quarter offense, they scored one basket in the final eight minutes and 38, uh, 36 seconds. I was think. that a garbage time basket, though? Uh, it would no. There was a Wiggins. I think it was a jump shot or a layup. Oh, okay. Um, that I I I read. Yeah, I think it was a post back. Yeah, but other than that, it was free throws and nothing. I think the both teams come out for like two points in the final like three minutes. And after after the Warriors emptied their bench, it was like two points scored in that final like two minutes and some odd seconds. But um, yeah, we'll see. Game seven. Uh, tips off on Sunday. I know Delante and um, Terrell will cover that in depth, so look out for that. Then, um, guys, let's transition over uh, to – well, let me go to ad break first, and then we'll transition over to uh, the series preview between the Heat and the Knicks. Sorry, yeah, the Heat and the Knicks. Uh, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player props than over at Underdog Fantasy – Besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half a million in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, guys. Um, Scott, you, you and Terrell didn't cover game one for the Snick, uh, Suns and Nuggets. Did y'all, did y'all just talk about the? No, we only did the series. Okay, so why don't we do game one right now, and then we'll we'll do a series preview uh, to wrap up the show between the Knicks and the uh, Heat. So, uh, game one of the the first conference semifinals in the Western Conference is going to be between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, game one in Denver tonight. Line currently stands at Denver Nuggets minus three and a half with a total of two twenty six and a half. Um, Delante, why don't you lead us off for game one here between the Suns and the Nuggets? What are you thinking about the side? Yeah, I like Denver here. Um, I think they are the better team, obviously better depth. Uh, Suns are pretty much top heavy. And although they probably won't stop Durant, I think it's a big Durant series, and I'll talk about that later on. But I think they have bodies to throw at Booker. They have more bodies to throw at Booker than um, than they do Durant. And Booker was more so the aggressor and dominant force in series one, which the sun, I mean, the uh, Clippers, they didn't have many guards to be able to stay in front of them. They were more equipped to guard Kevin Durant, which I think is opposite here. Uh, I think the Nuggets are a better team, obviously one of the better home teams in the NBA, 34 and seven straight up. So I think the series price is outrageous. Honestly, uh, it's coming down now, but earlier um, mm-hmm. when they posted it at like plus plus one thirty, I thought that was crazy. Um, I just think the Suns will, Run into some problems with the pick and roll with Jamal Murray. Uh, I think they'll. I think they won't be able to withstand some of the stuff that the Nuggets do in the half court. So Aiton is going to be big here because they're probably going to ask him to just play one on one with Joker. And I don't know how well he'll hold up against that. Now it's up to Joker if he wants to. I, I think we. I think we know how he's going to hold up. Or you're tr- you're trying to be generous, but yeah. But the I, thing I is, I just don't know how. Like if Joker's gonna be in a mood to score, we never know what he's gonna do. Like he can impact the game in, in so many ways that he doesn't have to score the ball. So I'm not sure how aggressive he'll be. So I think he might be in more of a facilitator role. Um, the thing that does worry me with the Nuggets is Michael Porter Jr. I don't know how much they, they can play him because they can't hide can, him. They can't much. guard anybody. Yeah, I mean they can't hide him. So who's who do you think he's gonna guard? Like Craig or Akogi? 
they're going to try. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me that with right. today's NBA, though, I mean, you could use anybody as a as a screener and get the switch you want. But okay, that's my, that was un, my next unless point, Porter so. hits a bunch of threes, I don't know how you can play him because he's going to get torched and switches the entire series. Right, and that's that's so. that was my thing. I think he's going to get hounded defensively by. Um, I think he's going to get hounded defensively by some of those guys the Suns have, and also whenever he is on defense, I mean, they're going to do the small, small pick and roll with Booker, Chris Paul, or Booker, Kogi, or whoever's on the floor that he's guarding. They're going to put him in numerous pick and rolls. But I think the Nuggets are, are the good side here. Uh, I'll lay the three and a half with them. Um, probably look look for them early on, too, because the Suns get off to a slower start. Yeah, I think this is going to be a game where we see a series that we see a lot of uh, points being scored. Um, yeah. As far and, as the side... Really- I think so. I think there's both flaws on the defensive side for both teams. I mean, we saw in game or sorry, in the series for the Phoenix Suns against the um Los Angeles Clippers that they they were they were able to put up points. I know even in the closeout game, they got 130 points put up. Um even the in the first two games when Kawhi was there, there were points that were being put up. And I think almost every I think four of the five games did go over the total between the Suns and the Clippers. And then the Nuggets, I know. That Minnesota wasn't very competent on the offensive side, but you have a completely different offense coming into this um, into this series with the Phoenix Suns when you have guys like Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, more of the two of the more prolific scores on the on the on the wings uh, or in the perimeter for the Phoenix Suns. And um, I think it's going to be a battle of which team makes the proper adjustments on defense because I think for the Phoenix Suns they can pick and roll Jokic to the, to death. And then also what we talked about with Michael Porter Jr. right now, that defensively, I think he, he's going to be a liability out there, out there as well. So um, at least for game one, I'm with you, De- uh, Delonte. I like the Nuggets in game one. It's kind of telling that this books have the, uh, the Suns favored in the series, but in game one that the Denver Nuggets are favored here. Denver, we know, likes to push the pace, especially at home as well. Um, I'm, so I'm looking at Denver in the first quarter there as well, but I think my more favorite play is going to be on the total here. Uh, but Scott, why don't you lead us off on the side and then we'll transition, transition to the total. So, yeah, I, I have more of an opinion on the total in this game, but for okay. the sake of the side, I think I am going to lean to Denver uh, just because I do think with the crowd atmosphere, that's going to help them out. Phoenix defensively has really not been great. At least Denver at times. Yes. Maybe because Minnesota's offense isn't very good. Denver did look okay at times defensively in that series. Phoenix looked horrible defensively for the entire series. They were just able to outscore the Clippers the entire time. But I do think at the end of the day, when you see these teams match up, Jokic is a matchup problem for anybody on Phoenix to deal with. It's a matchup problem in general. That's why he went back-to-back MVPs. But still, I do feel like Phoenix has a lot of issues with communicating switches, off-ball especially. I think Jokic is going to pick them apart passing-wise early in the series, especially if they're able to take everyone away from the basket, open up some backdoor cuts. From what I've seen historically, let's say Booker and Chris Chris Paul at this stage in his career, I think could be a little bit more, I'd say, active off-ball defensively. And I do think Durant's a good help defender, but I do think at the end of the day, you're going to see Denver early on in this series have some success using a lot of misdirection off-ball and trying to get guys open. I'm going to lean Denver on the side here. I find it fascinating that Phoenix is favored in the series, but Denver's minus three and a half in game one. Yeah, That's kind of telling to me. I'm going to lean to Denver in game one, but once again, I have more of an opinion on the total. The transition into the total. What do you like on the total? I like the over. I'm a big fan of the over in this game. I agree with you uh, that I think this series will have a bunch of points. 
Phoenix hasn't even looked like they've tried to play defense in the playoffs yeah. so far. No, I know the Clippers have played faster on occasion, but they were also using Zubak for a decent amount of the series, and they were still scoring a bunch of points. The team only had Westbrook for a couple of games, and they still mm-hmm. scored 130 points. Like yeah. I don't think Phoenix is a good defensive team. Denver, they've been better. They've been using some uh, certain defensive tactics to try to avoid getting Jokic switched into all these pick and rolls, but you still have to deal with Booker. You still have to deal with Durant. I still think they'll get whatever they want at, at some point in the series or in a decent amount of these games. So I'm on the over. I don't see many actual stops happening between these teams. I see a track meet. So give me the over. I see this game potentially breaking 230, maybe yeah. even 240 if things get especially crazy. But I'm on the no. over. My, the over is my favorite play in this game. Wow. Uh, Delonte, thoughts on the total? Yeah, like I, I disagree a lot. Um, I just think that – so basically the weakness of the Nuggets is their rim protection. So the 29th in, in rim percentage defense. But So do you trust Aiton to like capitalize on that like at the rim? I, I mean, I don't really trust I him. trust Booker and Durant more yeah, just being slashers. I mean, Booker's more, Book more of a downhill um, – a downhill threat than than KD is. I, I will I will give you that. Um, but they rank 30th in rim frequency, so they don't go to the rim a lot. Um, they're they they don't shoot the three. They don't shoot the three a lot. I think they're um, 26 in non corner. Uh, no, they, they specialize in mid range jumpers, basically. Right. Yeah. They're first. They're first in mid range jumpers. But Denver is great at defending the three, but they they do struggle a little bit defending the mid range. So I think they'll run them off the free throw. I mean, I think they'll run them off the three point line. And I think game one is more of a, you know, a fill it out process. So I'm sure Phoenix, as much as they want to run, I don't know if they'll be able to run against um, the Nuggets because the Nuggets are a deeper team. So you're going to play all those guys 40 plus minutes in the first game to wear them down. Um, I'm not sure how much that's going to, you know, take into consideration with Monty Williams, but I think they'll be able to be efficient and have the the scoring opportunities, but I think that both defenses will be able to play a big part. They don't go to the line a lot, but both teams are bottom six in free throw percentage offense, so it's not going to be a lot of, you know, fouling or scoring while the clock stops. So, yeah, I I like the under a lot. Um, I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. I can see you guys' point. Um, I just think – I guess the game flow that I'm – like that I got in my head as far as uh, how I think it's going to go is more – Slower pace, tempo, like slower tempo, half court ground out type of game. I think because Denver likes to play fast, I think that the the Suns can. They, I think the Suns can run as well. They do get campaign back. He's coming back. I mean, it just gives them an additional piece off of the bench, where you don't have to play maybe Devin Booker and Kevin Durant or even Chris Paul, the amount of minutes that they were playing that that'll come down a little bit with you getting campaign back. But um, I think it's just the fact that Denver likes to run. And they've said that in this postseason that we like getting out and running with the basketball. So um, I I think the pace will be interesting to see, at least in the first couple games and the first game, maybe game one and game two, and then we'll see how maybe Monty Williams or even Mike Malone, but just based on the results from those first two games. But I think that if you do like Denver, I know, you know Scott and Terrell already co- covered this on, on the preview pod uh, between these two teams. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and uh, check it out. Um, but if you like Denver to win this series, I think you probably look at Denver game one and them to win the series. I'm sure it's a very nice plus price for that. But I agree with Scott. I, I do like the over in this game as well. So um, that's the total. Delonte, player props in this game. What do you got? 
yeah, I got a couple. I got um <clears throat> let's start at the top with probably my favorite one, which is KD over 27 and a half points. So I think obviously, like I said at the top, it's a KD series. The Nuggets perimeter defenders, they had a hard time stopping Anthony Edwards. Now Anthony Edwards, oh, he averaged 31.6 a game in that series. And Edwards is characterized as a guard, but he played more small forward due to the injuries that happened. So the um, the Nuggets had a uh, hard time stopping him. Uh, he played well in the Clippers series, Durant, that is, but Booker was the, obviously the tone setter on both ends. Uh, 13th in usage rate was Durant um, in the playoffs so far. Booker is 7th, so that just proves that Booker was more – dominate with the ball and uh, his scoring ability was more effective than what Durant was able to do in that series. Um, Denver has, like I said, more bodies to throw at Booker um, than Durant in this matchup. So, I mean, if Aaron Gordon gets into foul trouble, which I'm assuming that he's going to be on him, like Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, what's going to happen? I think KD's going to score probably 35 every night uh, in this series. Um, another one that I have that's pretty much correlated to this one is Booker over five and a half assists. He's been a de facto point guard uh, when Chris Paul has been on the bench to start the second quarter. He also still you know, handles and initiates the offense uh, more than you would think with CP3 actually on the floor. It actually turns CP3 into a, like a spot-up shooter uh, in the wing, I mean, on the wing. So I think Denver uh, slows him down a little bit as far as offensive prowess. Uh, he's went over in three of the five games, including 10 in the closeout game against uh, the Clippers. Even with Payne back, I'm not sure how much he plays, but I think the ball still be in Booker's hands. Um, so I like Booker over five and a half assists. Um, I like Craig over one and a half threes. He shot 55% in round one from three. You know, we all know the looks will be there with Booker and Durant getting double teamed. So it just comes down to if he can make them. And I think he can make a, a couple threes here. He's going to be the X factor in the series. They're going to need some guys to step up if they want to win. So I expect a few more uh, Craig threes uh, after a disappointing game five. Yeah, I agree with you about the over on the Devin Booker assist at five and a half um, for all the reasons that you mentioned. I also do like uh, the other one I did like was the rebounds for Nikola Jokic at 12 and a half. It's a little bit of juice at minus 135, but again, definitely shop around for the best number. But um, I mean, he's been very good on the on the boards against his Phoenix Suns team, in particular in two games this season. 15 rebounds, 18 rebounds. The assists were there as well for him. So if you want to look at a rebounds plus assist for Jokic, I think that's definitely a possibility. But I think a lot of this series is going to hinge on on what DeAndre Ayn's going to be able to do, mm-hmm. if anything, against uh, Nikola Jokic, and right. both on offense and defense. So um, we shall see. Um, but those were the two, yeah, I uh, liked. Uh, Scott, any player props you like? For me, it's going to be mostly overs because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So I'm looking at Durant over. I'm looking at uh, Booker over. I'm looking at potentially Jokic triple-double. I'm kind of curious how the Suns are going to guard Jokic. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jokic decides to you know go off offensively with scoring. Maybe he passes. I think he's going to pass more, though. Yeah. I think he'll probably dare Phoenix to stop the cutters off ball. Uh, Murray threes I'm tempted by because he shot very well in that Minnesota series. But I see points for the most part. I think the biggest wild card in the series is Michael Porter Jr., though. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the question is with him and Aiton because – both of them defensively can get played off the court, especially yeah. with foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm probably leaning more to unders with Porter Jr. and Aiden in the series because I do think foul trouble could be a serious issue for both guys. Yeah. But I feel better about unders with Porter than Aiden because Aiden can still get some buckets on Jokic. Michael Porter Jr. is really just a he's just a three-point shooter. I mean, he doesn't really create much off the dribble. He's mostly just going to pull up from 
three, which he's good at, don't get me wrong. He had a bit of a down or a bad stretch there to end that Minnesota series. But I think my main props are just going to be overs with regard to uh, Durant and Booker. I think I would lean to Chris Paul under just because I think that Booker and Durant are going to handle most of the offensive responsibility. So I'm going to go with the main guys going over basically in this game. I see points once again. You mind if I add something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I like Michael Porter Jr. under 16 and a half points too. Uh, 16 and a half is crazy when he's mostly only going to shoot threes. You're getting plus money on it too. You can get even money uh, with 105, 110 if you shop around. So I'm betting it solely on the fact that I don't think – I think his minutes are going to take a hit. So, like, you know, KD Booker playing those heavy minutes uh, is not a lot of, you know, defensive things that Michael Porter can do to be able to stay on the court. So they're probably going to try to hide him, obviously, but I think Monty will try to exploit that and make Michael Malone make a decision. So you mentioned him struggling in uh, the Wolf series. He was under this number in three out of five games in round one, and not even mentioned he scored a combined 19 points. Uh, in the two regular season games that he played against Phoenix. So Durant, Craig, Akogi, all capable wing defenders, and they match up well from a size perspective A size perspective with uh, Michael Porter Jr. So I probably will be betting this every game um, in this series until he, until he burns me. <coughs> KD in the two games um, against Denver as a player for the Phoenix Suns had uh, 29 points and 30 points respectively in those two games so um right now it's at what 27 and a half we said for kevin yep, durant and a half, yep. yeah so um yeah i think it should be a big kevin durant series uh for the phoenix suns uh anything else for this game guys before we get into um the knicks and the heat season series preview i see hassan asking about cp uh or kcp threes any thoughts on that I, I like KCP in this series. I want to see his minutes before I'm actually betting, uh, like bet on it, uh, because he's been uh, Michael Malone's been playing Braun a lot. Uh, yeah. He's been playing Braun. Yeah. I also thought that maybe Reggie Jackson could give him some minutes. I'm not sure he's out of the rotation completely. I forgot but, he was still. I forgot he was on the team. But yeah. right, uh, he I thought he could. It. I thought he could maybe be a spark, especially with the point guard problems that the Suns have. So I want to be on both of those guys. KCP is going to be on Booker. I'm, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part. So him and Brown will probably switch as far as uh defensive things. So um I, I gotta I gotta see it first with him and uh with KCP to, to be able to bet it. But I do like him in the series if he gets them if he gets the minutes. Scott, any thoughts for that? Uh yeah, for me I think I have to be a fan of KCP as well in the series. I'm not sure about game one because once again I gotta wait to see the minutes. But if yeah. Michael Porter Jr. is going to get less minutes because he can't guard anybody, right, then right. I'm assuming KCP is going to be a beneficiary of that. Probably right. Bruce Brown as well, or maybe even a maybe even uh Brown. But the point is they're both a bit undersized. KCP has some length. So I do think KCP would get more minutes if Porter Jr. is as bad defensively as we think he's gonna be in the series. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about game one. Yeah, I think for game one, you probably want to look at the stars, the, the guys that you know are going to get the minutes, your Jokic's, your Murray's, your Kevin Durant, your Devin How do, how do I take an under with Booker or KD at any point in the series when they might play 45 minutes? Like, yeah, I don't can. know how I'm supposed to take an under with either guy. Yeah, so I think the interesting conversation or the, the piece that you want to look out for after the first game or two is looking at what the minutes allocation is going to be mm-hmm. for some of the supporting cast of role players yeah. off the bench and then base your plays off of that. All right, guys, let's get into the series preview for the Miami Heat and the New York Knickerbockers. Currently, the series preview price right now 
Miami Heat are the underdog for the series at plus 135, and the New York Knicks are favored at minus 165. We talked about how the Heat took care of business against the Bucks in five games. Knicks took, took care of business against the Cavs in five games as well. They are now matched up here in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Um, sorry, uh, Eastern Conference. Yeah, Eastern Conference sorry, semifinals. Uh, Scott, you want to lead it off here? Heat and Knicks, who do you like in this series? So initially, I'm, I was going to pick the Knicks because I do think that they have several players who can potentially, I don't want to say limit Jimmy Butler because it's playoff Jimmy, but at least they can give you different looks. You're hoping Thibodeau as a defensive-minded head coach will be able to give Butler a lot of things to worry about keep them off balance, and try to basically dare anybody else to beat them. Once again, just making adjustments, something that Coach Bud didn't do in that entire series in the first round. Having said that, this price is absurd at minus 165. This is an insane price. The Knicks should be like minus 120, if I had to guess. 165 is crazy when Miami has the best player on the court. I I just don't know how Miami can beat the one seed in the uh, playoffs, the best record in the league. And they're plus 135 in the second. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to lean to the Knicks to win the series, but this price should be a lot lower. This should be around, like, heat, even money, or basically a coin flip series. I'll lean to the Knicks for home court advantage, and I do think, once again, with Brunson and maybe Randall, who can play better. I just think the Knicks have more guys. Uh, they have Josh Hart. They Barrett played well in that series. I think that they have a couple more options than Miami does, but I really don't like this price. Uh, this price for me seems ex- a bit excessive. I think there's a bit of a Knicks tax in there because of the fact that Knicks are relevant once again and they're the home team in the series, whatever. Based on the price, I'll go with Miami, but based on my overall thoughts for the series, I think the Knicks win in seven. All right. Um, Delonte. Yeah, so I like Miami. Uh, pretty, I like them a lot here. I think the Knicks, although they play well defensively, I think it the was Cavs more to also do. are in a very good offensive team. Right. Yeah, I think it had more to do with Cleveland being in it offensively and not having enough guys. Jimmy Butler is going to be the best player on the floor um, in every game. Uh, do we know the status of Randall yet? I don't think. I, didn't, I, I, I didn't mean, hear any updates. On I haven't seen any before. updates. But even if he does play, I, I think he's in a subtraction. Yeah. Well, let's assume he plays, but he's like. 70%. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just assuming that he's going to play anyway. That's how I, that's how I handicapped it. But he's the only person that can be able to guard Jimmy Butler, I think, to like to be at least reasonable. Um, I think Josh Hart's going to try. But we'll yeah. See. It's going to be Josh Hart, I think. You think so? Yeah. I think Jimmy will do either RJ or, or uh, Josh Hart. See, For I think, intensity I think alone, RJ, I think it'll be Josh Hart if I had to guess. Yeah, see, I think RJ is a little bit too undisciplined. He'll jump on those pump fakes. Uh, I would love to see Quentin Grimes get a shot at him, to be honest. Um, but, like, I like the I like Miami here. I like how they switched up their pace of play. I like how they switched up their offense. They're running more in transition. They were 28th in transition points per possession offense, um, averaging about two. Uh, per uh, 100 possessions to third in the playoffs. Obviously, all the playoff stuff is a small sample size. Um, so they're averaging like 4.3 uh, points per 100 possessions on the fast break in the playoffs. They're running more off a lot of rebounds. Um, the thing that I do worry about is the three-point frequency. They allow a lot of wide open threes, and if the Knicks get hot from three, it could be um, beneficiary to them. 
Now, the Knicks offense, it's, it took a hit. So they were second in points per possession offense uh, in the regular season, and now they moved to 12. So like I said, the the Cleveland defense did their job, but it's just their offense couldn't get going at all. Um, I think the matchup somewhat uh, – I think they lean towards Miami here. Uh, the rebounding thing kind of bothers me. I think they got out-rebounded a lot during the season. That that's why I am also linked to the Knicks. I just think Robinson's going to do his thing on the glass, but I, I'm not going to forget. I saw Miami get killed by Atlanta in the play-in game on the boards. I, I really think the Knicks are going to win the rebounding battle by a decent amount in each game. Yeah, but see, my thing with my thing with that is uh, I agree with you. They're, they're probably going to get beat up on the, on the glass, but a lot of the stuff, if you just watch that Miami, Cle- I mean the uh, Cleveland, New York series, a lot of that stuff was effort. I don't think the Cavs had a lot of effort. That's not going to be an option with with Miami. I think they're going to have the guys to be able to at least put forth the effort. And another thing that's in the Miami Heat advantage is Bam at the five. Mitchell Robinson's going to have to come out of that pain a little bit and not be able to roam like Does he was. He? Yeah, I think he will. I think Bam's going to. I mean, he might not make a bunch of them, but he'll. That's, keep what, that's what I'm saying. Are, are you, if you're the Knicks, are you really that scared of a Bam mid range jumper? I, I, yeah. I don't know if you are, man. I think I think it's going to be a big Bam series. I mean, he had 42. I might um, be a bit disrespectful, but I haven't seen Bam hit a mid-range jumper enough in the playoffs for me to think the Knicks are going to overreact and actually contest, and they're going to dare him to make some shots. Yeah, but I think that the the Bucks are a better defensive team, especially at the at the big position with Lopez and Giannis um, packing the paint a little bit more. I think they're more equipped to be able to deal with Bam. And Bam's confidence was probably a little bit more shot against Brooke Lopez and Giannis. I think he'll have a lot more confidence. A couple of them went. Um, in that game six, in that game six, oh, he was uh, great in the second half. He had three points yeah. at halftime. He finished with twenty. Yeah. So right. if he, the uh, the empty pick and roll, uh, the empty side pick and roll is going to be open. I think he'll be able to roll a lot more to the basket, bringing uh, bringing those defenders up on the paint. So, man, I like Miami a lot here. I probably bet him to win in six games. To be honest with you, um, you can get a, a good plus price on that. Obviously, they're not going to shoot. Uh, 50 plus percent on contested threes. The, all those threes are not going to fall. But I think that New York is a little bit over, I guess, overvalued due to how well they look. But I mean, if you look in the box score, they didn't do anything offensively at all. Uh, now Miami's not That's as fair. good. Miami is not as good defensively as the books. But Spoh's going to have something drawn up for them. He's going to have the Cavs, but still. Yeah, he's he's gonna have something drawn up. You said up. the box. You mean, you yeah, mean they're man. not as good yeah. defensively as the Cavs. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah, I think Spoh's gonna have it drawn up and uh he'll be able to limit some of the things that Brunson does. Yeah, man, I like I like Miami a lot a lot here. Uh probably too much, but I'll be on them throughout the regular season. I played the series parts already, played them to win in six. Um I don't think RJ is going to keep continue to play like this. He, Gabe Vincent does a really, really good job on RJ. Six for 17 when defended by Gabe Vincent is RJ. And Randall was nine of 22 when defended by Jimmy Butler. So they got the right matchups. It's just about exploitation on the offensive end and how good Bam can be. So I like the Knicks a lot here. Yeah, I'm I'm on uh, on I'm on the Miami Heat this series. Not the Knicks, well. I mean the Heat. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said the, yeah. Uh, I'm on the Heat here as well. I think just based on the price here at plus 135 especially i think that for what miami was able to do against this milwaukee bucks you might know you know they didn't have Giannis for about two full games of the bucks but coach spo had a great series coaching and making adjustments uh during that buck series like they i think they were one of the slower paced teams where the miami heat 
during the regular season, but they were playing at a very fast pace and making things uncomfortable for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. And I think that's something that Coach Spo does very well when we talk about coaching, especially in the playoffs, that he makes those adjustments. He's a great head coach, and he has that playoff experience. He has that championship experience. So I think this. I agree with uh, Delonte that this should be a good series, a big series for Bam, and they're going to need him. I think he found something in the final two games against the Milwaukee Bucks, whether it was offensively or or defensively as well. But I think offensive, they're going to need him as well. Uh, Jimmy is still going to be Jimmy. It's playoff time. I know he keeps on saying Jimmy playoffs is not a or playoff Jimmy's not a real thing, but uh, we all know that it is. We saw it in round one. Um, but you also had the guys for the Miami Heat step up the the supporting cast. Whether it was Kyle Lowry who had two great games during the series defensively, he was very good. Gabe Vincent was consistent from three-point land. Um, Kevin Love was good as well for a couple games. He had a great game five as well. So as great as Jimmy was, he also got the supporting. He also got the support from the surrounding cast of the uh, Miami Heat. For the Knicks, it'll be interesting to see how Miami Heat decided to defend Jalen Brunson if they you know, try to double him at times or throw different bodies at him and try to make somebody else beat him, whether it's RJ Barrett or whether it's Julius Randle, if healthy, that's going to be the interesting part that I want to see, because if I lose um, my money on RJ Barrett beating me in this series, then so be it. But I just think that we'll see what we'll see. I think that we'll see different bodies and different looks thrown at Jalen Brunson or maybe even getting double teamed at times. But again, the, I think the bigger question also going to be what the status and how effective Julius Randle is going to be uh, for the New York Knicks. So I'm on the heat plus one thirty five as well. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of zone too um, from Miami. I think they're going to make the Knicks make shots. Yeah, and I just don't think they're a very good three-point shooting yeah, team. They're also, like, they also daring get... Thibodeau to make some adjustments against Spolstro. Like, I get it. it once again... I think I'm just going to lean to the Knicks just because of the home court, and I do think it actually matters for them. But at the end of the day, as I said before, the price is insane. At this price, I'm not taking the Knicks. At this price, I take the Heat. I just yeah. think you'll get a better price on the Knicks mid-series at some point. I think it's going to be a war. I didn't say it's going to be easy. I said I have no. the Knicks in seven. So I think yeah. that these teams are going to kill each other. But I do think that Milwaukee just kept doing the same thing over and over again defensively, which didn't work. Mm-hmm. I think Spolstra is gonna is going to have to make some adjustments because I think that Thibodeau will give Butler a bunch of different looks. I'm also gonna dare the supporting cast to constantly step up like they did against Milwaukee. It's mostly just wondering. Yes, of course, Miami ended up beating Milwaukee and props them for it. It felt like Coach Bud really handed them the series with no adjustments whatsoever. I, yeah. I feel like because of that, I'm wondering if the if the Heat are a bit, I don't want to say overrated, but I'm at least pointing out that I do think a lot of that Heat series was we're going to let Milwaukee self-destruct and we're just going to sit around and we're going to wait until it happens and pounce. I thought the Knicks just thoroughly beat a team while really showcasing just a firm team identity, and I think that might pay off, but... Once again, I have a close series, but based on this price point, I take Miami, but I think yeah. the Knicks will win in seven. Yeah, so it's a plot, implied probability of 62%. So we trust in 
the Knicks to win the series 62 percent of the time. And once I, again, I I'm not. I, I no, think no, I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just saying yeah. in general, like that's uh, 165 is about 62 percent, 60 to 62 percent, like implied probability of them winning. I don't think they're winning this 62 out of 100 times. I'm giving it like 54, like something like that. So I said yeah. minus 120. I feel like that's a round ballpark where it should be. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like 54% chance of Knicks, but at this price, there's no way in hell I'm betting the Knicks. Um, all right, guys, quickly, any series props as far as series spread, uh, total games um, in the series? you have anything for that, Scott? Uh, well, I don't know what the juice is on five and a half, but I'm assuming it's going to be heavily. Uh, minus 180. It's not too bad. Eh, I mean, I still like the over, but I don't know if I want to take 180. Okay. Uh, I, I, do they have points per game averages or rebounds per um, game averages? Um, I see. No, not for this series yet. Okay. Then I guess I got nothing at this point because okay. I think it's going to be close. What, what What are the Heat plus one and a half games? That one I think I saw was minus 170. Let me double check here. Um, series spread. Heat. Yeah. Heat plus one and a half is minus 170. I still like that. At 170. I mean, I had the Knicks plus one and a half against the Cavs, which cashed in game four. But mm. still, I like the Heat plus one and a half games, even though I picked the Knicks in theory. I still said seven. So either yeah. Miami wins the series or you have an absolute war on your hands. I do think this will be a longer series. Uh, if I had to pick one prop that's available right now, once again, we're kind of limited. I'd go with the Heat uh, plus one and a half. Or if you want to make a case for maybe the Heat to lose game one, and win the series. I don't know what the price is there. I'm curious what the um, price would be. So Knicks win game one. Miami win series is plus 360. Okay. I was kind of hoping it'd be a little bit higher, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what's the heat to win game one and lose the series? Plus 550. Okay. 550, okay. I can maybe get behind that. But, yeah, once again, I think it's going to be a close series. But my main pick, I guess, if I had to pick anything and we're throwing juice out the window, Heat mm-hmm. plus one and a half games and minus 170. Heat to win game one, Heat to win series plus 310. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's kind, kind of short. Feel, you think it's short? I mean, I think it, I think it's – I don't think it was think a good right. odds. I don't, I don't think – I don't think – because it's – because what are they – what are they to win their – what is the spread for game one? I think they're plus four in game one, I think. Um, let me see. Give me a second. I'm pretty sure they're plus four in game one. Yeah, it's four. For Knicks yeah, so what's the money line? Like, what, what, plus one thirty? Plus 155. Yeah, I mean, you could just roll it over on two games and get you. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not good with, like, rollover parlays. Or <laughs> the math stuff. Yeah, uh, not, Lante, serious Prop bet, series spread, total games. Yeah, I like, like that. I like the Heat minus one and a half games. What is that? My plus three ten. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. I like. Uh, yeah, I think I think they're winning six. Give me a second. I think it was plus two twenty. Yeah, you should have just went right forward. What's the Heat in six? Yeah. Plus two twenty five. Sorry. So Heat minus one and a half is plus two fifteen, and then for them to win in six is. Plus four twenty five. So yeah, let me get that. That's a good. That's a good call, Scott. Yeah, Heat and they, six plus four twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like the Heat a lot. I mean, I just think the Knicks are just. They just out I, I, from my from my perspective. I think they just out hustled and out determined 
that Cavs team. And I think the oh, Cavs... Cle- were- Cleveland was broken as soon as they went back to MSG. They mentally right. checked out. Yeah, yeah. so I don't think that's going to happen with, with the Heat. And I trust I trust Spo, I trust Jimmy to be able to... Now, the thing is, you can't counter, you can't counter argue and say, obviously, the Heat are not going to be that hot from three. Uh, and they probably won't, but you don't really need to be that hot from three. You could just be... You know, average um, somewhere in between. Well, well and the Knicks aren't the greatest offensive team, so that that, that too. So out. yeah, man, I just I trust the I trust Bo, I trust the Heat to be able to to put to put down some of the stuff, and they have the defenders for Brunson. I don't even think they're gonna have to double Brunson. I think they'll be able to guard him straight up and not be able to um, to double, and they'll yeah. pack they'll pack the paint so they'll be able to you know limit the second chance opportunities. If they look at, if they limit those second chance opportunities, which is where the Knicks' offense mostly came from. I think they can pretty much win this series uh, easily. It can be competitive, but it could still be 4-2. But who do you think would guard him, if you had to guess? Brunson? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they'll put Vin- – this is this is what I've seen from a Heat insider as far as like what um, what he thought they were going to do, and I thought that was interesting. So he put Vincent on, um, on R.J. Barrett. He put Jimmy on Randall. And uh, what's the other guard? Um, Struess will play uh, – Struess will play Brunson, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Again, it's, again, we we know Coach Spo is great with adjustments as well. So if it, if it needs to be, you know, halftime adjustment or in game adjustment, right. we know he'll definitely do. And that, then Caleb so. Martin coming in is a is a capable defender also. And then mm-hmm. obviously Kyle Lowry, uh, he's not as good of a defender, but still he can has cross some. You know, uh, he's got active it. hands. He can. Yeah. There you go. The active hands is what it is. Yeah. So yeah. I think they got a lot of guys throw. So I don't think I think that's to their advantage where they don't have to double Brunson. I mean, if if Randall's out there, he's hobbled. Probably not going to have to do much with him anyway. So I think that packing that paint and being able to all five crash the glass at one time to try to keep them off the glass will really be to their advantage. Yeah, I think for for the Miami Heat, I mean, they don't have the it's not the sexiest names when you talk about their supporting cast, but they're they're a they're a hell of a unit as far as the role players. I mean, we saw that on full display. Um, in the in the Buck series as well, outside of what Jimmy was able to do, so it's gonna be a fun series, guys. Um, so uh, you know, we'll take it game by game as we usually do, and then uh, we'll get into um, obviously uh, game by game for the series between the Heat and the Knicks. So it should be a fun one. All right, guys, let's wrap it up here for this episode. Let's get into our lock and dog here for tonight for the Denver Nuggets. And the Phoenix Suns game one. Um, Delante, you want to lead us off with your lock and dog? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Denver first uh, first quarter. It's my it's like a minus a half. If you want to just play the money line to be to be safer as far as uh, if it's tied, um, I'll play I'll play the the half. I think that Clippers. I mean not Clippers. I think that the Suns get off to a, a slower start. They did against the Clippers in most of those games. I think Denver capitalized on it, being that they're really really good at home. Um, for the dog, I'm going with Michael Porter Jr. under 16 and a half points at plus money. Uh, I think we all talked about it, about him not being able to stay on the floor. Um, so I like him under 16 and a half. That's probably going to be one of my favorite props of the uh, of the series, actually. All right. Uh, Scott, what do you got? All right. Uh, so for my lock, I'm contemplating if I want to go with the over, or if I want to take a player prop. You know what? I'm just going to go with the player prop. Uh, give me Durant over 27 and a half points. Uh, we mentioned before how he was very good against Denver in the regular season. We think it's going to be a good series for him. Whether it involves pick and rolls with Durant being the big or just involves isolation uh, isolation situations, it felt like KD took a little bit of a back seat in the first series against the Clippers because 
they just wouldn't guard Devin Booker. I think Durant's going to be more aggressive in the series because of matchup. So I'll go with Durant over 27 and a half points as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to join uh, Delonte. Uh, what was the plus money on uh, Porter under for points? It was even money. It was even money. It was even money, and the points were 16 and a half, you said? 16 and a half, yep. Yeah, give me the under on Porter Jr. at 16 and a half points. I think it's a terrible series for him uh, just because of potential foul trouble and defensive miscommunication and the fact that Booker and Durant might play 40-plus minutes apiece. We know Malone is not afraid of throwing um, Porter Jr. into the doghouse because he can't guard anybody. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be in just in a miserable state of mind throughout the series. Give me Porter Jr. under. Uh, I think that he's going to be benched defensively or – he might just let it roll over and impact his offensive game. But Porter Jr., once again, really doesn't create much off the dribble. He's mostly a guy who comes around screens and chucks threes, but that can be a bit bit streaky. He wasn't very effective late in that Minnesota series. I'm going to agree with Delonte. Give me the under 16.5 points on Porter Jr. at even money as my dog. All right. Uh, For my lock, I am going to go with the Phoenix Suns team total to go over. That's currently at 112 and a half um, for this game. I think that at least Scott and I are expecting to see points in this series. I think we'll see it in game one here as well. We saw what they were able to do offensively against the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Asking them to get 113, 114 points here tonight, I don't think is out of the possibility for this Phoenix Suns team. So I think the pace will be up in this game as well. If it does get into half court, I think they will be very efficient. Will the um, Phoenix Suns? So over 112 and a half right now, you can get that over on DraftKings. For my dog, um, was looking for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Aaron Gordon steals and blocks right now. It's at one and a half at plus 130. I I really like that over there. He went over this in all three games against the Denver Nuggets. Sorry, against the Phoenix Suns um, during the regular season. He recorded at least one steal in every game and one block in every single game uh, against the Suns during the regular season. And then I know he didn't really fill it up um, against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but I think this at, at this price at plus 130, I really do like the over one and a half. I also would look at uh, Jokic, 15 plus rebounds at plus one. I think it was plus 170. But um, Aaron Gordon steals and blocks combined over one and a half at plus 130 for game one between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, Delonte, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, my man? Nah, man, that's it. Uh, let's enjoy the games and uh, try to get some winners. Hope we can stay hot. Scott, anything else? No, not really. Uh, just looking forward to the game tonight. Looking to watch some hockey as well. Keep them busy. So hopefully win some of your bets. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Delante and Terrell will be back, I think, later tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or yeah, I think tomorrow. he said 7. I think he said 7 p.m. today. Okay. Uh, so look out for that if you're you know listening to this pod and, and watching live as well. Um, they'll preview the Sixers and the uh, Celtics series and then uh, also discuss game one between the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. So look out for that probably around 7 Eastern tonight. Be a good time to make sure you're subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube account uh, or sorry, YouTube channel. Whenever you, we do go live, you get that notification right on your phone. 
Also, subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to your pods. Uh, and leave us a rating and review, guys. It really does help us out. Um, we don't ask for much, but if you could, you know, if you guys can do that for us, that would be amazing. Uh, all right. Uh, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, get it, get it, get the ball because I'm gonna go.